Hey now, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. Yep, still suffering with allergies. (laughs) Oh, so bear with me, y'all. I hope it don't sound too bad. If it is, I truly apologize. I'm working through it. I'm working through it, but it's making the summer a rough one. So I hope you've had a good week since last time you listened. And I hope all is well in your world and you are enjoying the summer. So last week we discussed the topic of guilt and shame. And while I shared some helpful tips, I'd like to offer some additional strategies that could counteract these negative emotions when they arise. So in the practice of radical self-care, it is important to consider the role of self-compassion. And, you know, self-compassion was one of those nuggets. I just, I loved that one. Self-compassion and treating yourself with kindness. And y'all know I'm all about kindness because it's free. So let's explore each concept individually and then let's see how they intersect, shall we? So self-compassion means being kind and understanding to yourself when you are going through tough times, facing what you would think is failure or feeling inadequate. It's about treating yourself with the same care, kindness, and support that you would give a client, a friend, or a family member in a similar situation. You know, self-compassion involves acknowledging that hell, everybody makes mistakes and everybody goes through challenges. Everybody has flaws. These are all a part of being a human. And because these are all a part of being human and backing grace to everyone else, why can't I grant grace to myself? Hmm? Self-compassion is about forgiving yourself and giving yourself the same level of grace and kindness as you would give others in the good times and in the bad. And in this work, we need that every single day that we walk through those doors and see a waiting room full of clients when that phone rings and it's that client who calls us every single day asking for the same thing or for the same question. To be kind to yourself, it is important to practice self-compassion. This means accepting yourself without judgment, even when you don't meet your own expectations. And guess what, y'all? Moment of transparency. I will put the harshest of expectations on myself sometimes. I always say I don't need nobody to be my critic because I am my worst critic. I will put expectations on myself sometimes because I always want my child who is a grown man But I always want him to look at me and be proud. I always want him to look at me and say, I am so happy that my mother is successful. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of what she's become because we haven't always had it easy. I am a, I was a single parent. 
but I always want him to look at me and see that I did right by him. So I put these expectations on me and try to do my best always. So my son will always look at me and not just my son now, like my goddaughter and I have a grandson. So my son doesn't have a son. Actually, my, my husband has a grandson that I call him my grandson, but that he will look at me and just be proud. And I could be someone that they are proud of and that they can look up to. So I put these expectations on myself and, and it's not always healthy. So rather than being, you know, critical or harsh, you know, self-compassion involves responding to your own suffering with empathy. And I've had to learn to like give myself some grace. I've had to learn to give myself some understanding and allow myself to not put these expectations on myself. And it's been some work and it is still some work. I am a work in progress, baby. But I'm learning every single day because I am learning every single day to be kinder to myself. It means offering yourself the same comfort and care and the support that you would give to someone else in need. And I know that might sound weird sometimes, like how can I do that? But you can. The same support that you pour out into the world and that you pour into your friends and that you pour into your families and that you pour into your clients, you got to offer that same support to you. So that same praise that I give others, I give myself that praise. I do. I give myself that praise. I do have a circle that praises me and that give it pours into me. But I also have learned and it took years for me to get there. When I tell you, it took me years to get to that place that I now pour in to me the same way. Because growing up, I wasn't taught to do those things. But now I see it, it's a healthy thing to do. So I've now poured that same energy into myself. So when it comes to taking care of yourself, when it comes to radical self-care, it means taking and making a conscious effort to prioritize both your physical and emotional well-being, which goes into the self-compassion and the kindness. This goes beyond the basics of getting enough sleep and eating well and the manis and the petties. Radical self-care also involves the setting boundaries, saying my favorite sentence, no, when needed, <laughs> and making Self-care, radical self-care, a regular and essential part of your everyday routine. And when I say essential part of your everyday routine, you know, a lot of people just immediately when they hear self-care, they think of the massages and the bubble baths and the, you know, and this and that. And don't get me wrong. All of those things are beautiful. And if and those things can be regular parts of your radical self-care routine. So if a part of your routine is every day you come home and you take a shower with an aromatherapy shower steamer to start your unwinding of the evening, like that's beautiful. 
that's beautiful. And if that's the start of your radical self-care for the evening, that's beautiful. But what else do you, is there some meditation involved thereafter? Do you journal in the evening? Do you light a beautiful candle and do some journaling and, and that kinds of things? Like, what do you do to release the mental and the emotional stress of the day? Like, how do you debrief for the day? Taking care of yourself is important and radical self-care is a vital part of learning how to treat yourself kindly. By prioritizing your well-being, you show that you are deserving of care and attention. Engaging in practices that promote radical self-care can help you set healthy boundaries, prevent burnout, and create room for self-reflection and personal growth. It also enables you to invest in activities that bring you happiness, peace, and renewal, all which are essential to treating yourself with kindness. Self-compassion and radical self-care are closely interconnected. Having self-compassion means having the right mindset and emotional foundation to treat yourself kindly. On the other hand, radical self-care involves practical strategies and actions that enable you to implement that kindness. Combining these two can help you foster a compassionate relationship with yourself which can lead to a sense of worthiness, acceptance, and well-being. I believe this is so vital for those of us who do this work, who do human services work and social work, who are consistently giving so much to absolute strangers every day, taking on that that trauma and that all those issues of others every single day, every day, five days a week, sometimes seven days a week, maybe six days a week, maybe seven on, seven off, however your schedule is, you are taking on that stuff every day. So how are you dispelling that stuff every day? You have to be pouring that love and that kindness into yourself every single day. In the realm of human service and social work, it is so important to prioritize self-compassion and radical self-care as they help us learn to treat ourselves with complete, authentic, intentional kindness. So here's how they're relevant. Grab your notebooks. Okay, number one, as we've been discussing, and it's been interwoven in all of the episodes this month, because it prevents burnout. Professionals working in human services and social work, we already know, we deal with emotionally demanding and stressful situations. So to prevent burnout, it's important to practice self-compassion and radical self-care. By being kind to yourself, you can replenish your emotional resources and avoid exhaustion, compassion fatigue, and emotional depletion. Number two, enhanced well-being. Prioritizing self-compassion and radical self-care is crucial to achieving 
overall well-being and being able to deliver quality care in human services and social work. Well, professionals, when you are when we are taking care of ourselves, and I'm going to say we, because even though I'm an executive director, I am a human service professional. When we are taking care of our own needs, we are better equipped to serve others. Listen, <laughs> you know, some people get hangry. You get angry when you're hungry. I don't get hangry. I get like that when I'm sleepy. Oh my goodness, y'all, when I'm sleepy, I'm no good. I am no good when I'm sleepy. I don't get hangry. Although I should not go without food, I can go all day without eating. But your girl, ooh, child, I cannot go without sleep. I need to go night. <laughs> my alarm clock goes off at 5 a.m. in the morning. Told y'all my routine before. So I'm usually, I usually get out of bed about 5.30, 5.45 after, you know, I start walking around about 5.30, 5.45. And I'm usually out of the door about 6.30, 6.45. I don't talk, like open my mouth to speak a word until 8.30, 8.45, 9 o'clock. Not a, the, the exception is if there was a crisis overnight that I need to be briefed on before I walk into the office that might have involved the police or EMS or fire or whatever. But other than that, I don't talk. My husband will call me en route just to check in, make sure I'm, most, my, make sure I'm okay, say good morning because he gets up at 4 a.m. to go to work, whatever. But I don't talk. That's, that's quiet time for me. That's no bueno. Then I am, I'm good. I have my cup of coffee. I'm good. When I leave the office at five, I come home. My husband and I, we talk, you know, how was your day? Yada, yada, yada. We have dinner together. I am in bed and sleep. <laughs> Such an old lady. <laughs> 8 30, 9 o'clock, and that's East Coast time. And I'm just saying this out loud because I am, you know, taking this West, you know, this trip and time will be different. I'm going to be no good. (laughs) I love my sleep. So I don't get hangry. I am like a kid when I'm sleepy. I am, I'm that kid. I'm cranky. So it is important for me to get a good night's sleep. It is, it's extremely important for me to get rest. I do suffer from chronic migraines. So that is another reason why it's important for me to get good rest. Because if I have a migraine, there is nothing that matters to me. The whole world is shutting down and there could be a fire outside. I wouldn't care. I need things that will enhance my overall well-being, you know, by maintaining. So I I really try hard to ensure that I am maintaining a healthy work-life balance and managing stress because I know this about me. So I make sure that I get a good night's rest and that I am doing things that I know will decrease migraines, like not eating certain foods that I know I shouldn't eat, like really good cheeses and well I don't drink but really good cheeses and stuff like that but I love them but I try to do things that I know will enhance my well-being and not decrease it because I know me 
So being aware of you, that's part of that radical physical self-care. So radical physical self-care is not just about exercise. It's about, are you maintaining your doctor's appointment? Are you putting, what are you putting in your body? What are you putting on your body? Are you getting sleep at night? Are you getting a good night's rest? Are you, you know, are you doing things to your body and for your body? You know, because what you do for your body and to your body also shows your body that you are being kind to it. So those things are are really important for enhanced well-being. You know, by maintaining healthy work-life balance also and managing the stress effectively, you know, it sustains your motivation and passion for your work, you know, so you can provide better services for everybody, everybody. So I can provide better for my team and my team can provide better for our clients. Number three is emotional resilience. When working in difficult and sometimes traumatic situations, it's crucial for professionals to have emotional resilience. Now, having emotional resilience does not mean you don't deal with stuff. Practicing self-compassion can help in building this resilience by treating yourself with kindness and responding to personal suffering with understanding and compassion. Individuals can develop the ability to bounce back from challenging experience, cope with stress, and maintain a positive outlook. Again, this does not mean that you should not be processing this stuff. You absolutely should be processing this stuff. But by having emotional resilience, it can aid in supporting you in those moments when dealing with those situations in those moments with your clients. But you still need to have an outlet to be able to process thereafter. Improved empathy and compassion for others. By practicing self-compassion and radical self-care, we can improve our empathy and compassion towards others. Being kind to yourself helps in understanding and accepting personal flaws, limitations, which leads to greater self-awareness and self-acceptance. In turn, this enables individuals to empathize with and show compassion for the struggles and challenges faced by those they serve. You know, our clients don't need you to feel sorry for them. They just don't. Our clients are some of the most resourceful and most resilient individuals that I'm pretty sure we probably all know. So they don't want you to feel sorry for them. However, we can empathize with them. We absolutely can. But we also need to ensure that we are practicing self-compassion and radical self-care because practicing those things aids you in being kind, and it also improves your empathy and compassion towards others. And last but not least, role modeling and ethical practices. So human service professionals and social workers, we are frequently viewed in the community for the work that we do. Not just in the community, but by our clients also. I mean, you know, if you do a great job by for your client, 
well, my case manager or my social worker or my program manager or, you know, you will be praised for the work that you do and your name will be out there in the, in the community and the agency that you are attached to will be out there in the community. So to demonstrate healthy and compassionate conduct to, to your clients, you need to prioritize self-compassion and engage in radical self-care. You have to, because then it's like, well, Miss So-and-so helped me get this. So you need to call up to such and such and ask for Miss So-and-so because she'll help you too. And next thing you know, your phone is ringing off the hook because you helped so-and-so. So so-and-so is now calling you because she heard that you helped so-and-so get such and such. You So this, you know, self-compassion and engaging in radical self-care, it not only enhances the well-being within the field of human services and social work, but it also motivates our clients to embrace self-care habits themselves with compassion. Remember a couple episodes ago when we talked about when we really started to dig into radical self-care, you can model that behavior for your clients, which is why you don't always have to hone in on the self-care stuff that costs money because our clients don't always have the finances to buy the, the massages and the pedicures and all this kind of stuff, but they can focus on, hey, how about you sit still for like 10 minutes and just ground yourself, feet flat on the floor, and just breathe. Just sit in silence and just breathe. That's practicing radical self-care, you know, practicing meditation. You can teach your clients these things by modeling this behavior for them. So clients are told, no, they popping off. You can show them that, hey, we don't have to pop off. Let's take a minute. Let's refocus. Let's ground ourselves for like, let's sit here for like two minutes. That person told us no. We got somebody else we can call. So let's reset. We're going to sit here. For a couple minutes in silence, we're going to just focus focus on breathing and match your client's breathing. Slow it down, match their breathing, and then say we're going to, let's try the next number. You can match it. You can show examples of what it looks like to embrace free, healthy self-care habits. So in the field of human services and social work, self-compassion and radical self-care, we can say over and over and over again, and I probably have, so don't come for me. It's essential. Practicing them can prevent burnout, improve well-being, build emotional resilience, increase empathy and compassion, and enable us as professionals to serve as ethical role models to our clients and even to each other. Because if you have colleagues who are, they're struggling with doing this, if they see you doing it, keep doing it. It'll catch on. Talk to my girl. I need you to go sit down and just sit in your office grounded for like 10 minutes. It'll get better. Just practice it. By treating ourselves with kindness, we can provide better support to ourselves to the individuals that we serve, to our organizations, and to our communities. 
And I know it's not an overnight process. This is something that we have to work at every single day. It's a process, y'all. And it's a process that I have to work at every single day, every day. And I know you can work at it every single day. And if you need a little help, you know how to reach out to me. All of my information is in the show notes. And you know, you can always find me over on Instagram because that's my what? Jam. So remember, radical self-care is health care. And kindness is always free. So be kind to yourself today. I love you so much for listening. So until next time, be good to yourself and others. Bye. Hey.